Episode of Sean and Ed's do baseball. I'm Sean and I'm Ed's. We're bringing you some baseball history. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is going to be telling them, and that's me this week. You're pitching. I'm catching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why you get uh, maybe it's so weird about that. I don't know. We're we're. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say uh, this is going to be a fun one for me because I'm going to try to read. You're going to... What? I'm what do gonna you mean? Try, I have a lot to read, and let's just say this afternoon has been enjoyable. Okay. I'm uh, sure it has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Okay, before... Sean's we... had a few glasses of Prosecco this afternoon. Prosecco? Prosecco? Prosecco. How do you say... I don't drink wine. Okay, before we start, <laughs> we actually have a guest with us today. Right. Let's uh, get down to business. Our friend Evan. Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for we, coming, Evan. We pulled him in, <laughs> you know, screaming and, and, and clawing to get in here. So, very happy Evan, Evan will be jumping in today. Uh, we have a very... Uh, I don't know how to put this. It's the dumbest idea I've ever had for an episode in my life. Okay. I just... I don't know how what really to compare that to. You've had some decent ideas for some for for a lot of episodes. So. But the only reason we're talking about this is because of a stupid nickname. But before we start, follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. at Doing Baseball. Follow us on Instagram at Doing Baseball. And give us a like or a view or something like that if you're listening to us, Evan. You give us likes and reviews, right? I don't listen to you on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to us live in studio. In studio, in studio. So that's all right. Tell us we're awesome after we're done here. Um, <laughs> Eddie, are you ready? I'm ready. I've been ready for a little while, yeah. I swear to God if baseball hasn't started by this point. Um, but it doesn't matter. We're traveling back in time here. But today I'm going to put the onus... On my friend Edzy here, and I'm gonna get you to pull out your phone here, and I want you to do some googling. Okay, I was wondering why you wanted me to get my phone, but I've got it now. So what what would you like me to look up, my you friend? You got a browser open, okay? Yeah. So I'm gonna get you to. I'm just gonna spell this out for you, and I want you to Google it, okay? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, U G L Y L Y. Yeah, you got it. You really? Got it there. Okay. Okay. D I C K. D-I-C-K. S-H-O-T. Ugly disc shot? No, no, I clearly said dick. Uh, D-I-C-K. S-H-O-T. Ugly dick shot. Should there be spaces? No, no, no. Just ugly. Well, ugly and then space dick shot. Oh, okay. Hang on, let me get the space in here. You're way more willing than I projected when I first wrote this. Johnny Dickshot. There you go. <laughs> Nicknamed Ugly? <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, he's already <laughs> cursed with the name Dickshot. And then they decided to nickname him Ugly, too. That's terrible. Yeah, I just remember that from my search history. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna just was... delete my, my yeah. delete my search history now too. So, uh, let's, let's talk about John Dickshot. But actually, John Dickshot was born John Oscar Dixis. What? Yeah, so he was born in Waukegan, Illinois, which is just north of Chicago, Mm -hmm. uh, on January 24th, 1910. His parents, like many Midwesterners at the time, were Central European immigrants, uh, and the Discus family, or the Dixus family, was of Lithuanian and German heritage. Uh, They also had a daughter, Martha. So Johnny's got a little sister, sister, a sister named Martha, who also played some baseball, um, but they're the Dixis. Um, okay. So now I, why I got you to Google Dickshot instead of Dixis is because, is because some asshole back in the 1910s at a steel mill in which John's dad was working misheard his last name and registered him as Dickshot. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. So, uh, why did, was that guy the authority of what that guy's name was? I don't know. And why did Dickshot, Mr. Dickshot, not clarify that, no, Mr. You know, in fact, it's Dixis? So somehow, like, imagine your dad coming home from work. Well, we're the Dickshots now. <laughs> Someone overheard me at work. They got it all wrong, but I... I tried to explain. I was like, no, it's Dixis. And they were like, no, sir. You're a dick shot now. So, our last name's different now, children. You're going to have to change all the bureaucracy. Yeah, exactly. So, change all the letterheads. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a timesheet person. So, we put paid it. Well, we got to change our ID if we want to get paid. Okay. So, I mean, there's even, even at at some point, uh, uh, old Johnny there, uh, you know, was like, well, people just... We were got tired of correcting people. It's like, well, why did your whole family change their name? It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doesn't make sense. We were very subservient. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so just like that, the family name goes from Dixes to Dickshot. Uh, so the Dickshots seem to be both good and bad parents, uh, from the brief bit of info I can gather. Uh, Johnny was to work after school from a young age. He delivered newspapers, a bunch of other uh, odd jobs, uh, and then he joined his father at the steel mill, you know, when he got old enough, like 14, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. go... As you did back then. We learned that in the Phil Necro story. That's what you did. 100%. So, you know, you're old enough to to go work at a steel mill at Mm -hmm. 14. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, he... His childhood was also marred by a terrible, awful incident that took place when he was a kid. I, by my research, I'm guessing maybe five or six, maybe six or seven. Uh, so I'll that's boil, how old he was. When yeah, this when, I'm guessing because okay. I, I couldn't find a concrete answer for that. Uh, so <laughs> a bunch of bottle kids showed up in his backyard. Oh no! So yeah, did it, he live at Sunnyvale Trailer Park? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so he's playing in his backyard. I don't know if he's playing with these kids or or if they just showed up to throw bottles. But they start talking bottles, and he gets struck in the face. Oh fuck! With a bottle. Um, he had a skull fracture, uh, and was Fuck, he was unconscious for three days. So they, they don't put, make glass like they used to. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> what is wrong? Okay, so 
This remember he he's born in 1910, so this is uh this is early time. So they put a metal plate into his skull. Holy fuck! Okay. Yeah, which is early days for metal plates and skulls as well. Uh, so this is probably a pretty new... could have used some of the bottle maybe. <laughs> Just as the glass went into your head. It's it's basically your skull now. Um, so you seen those blue and green medicine bottles from back in the day? Yeah, strong as fuck. Made to last. Yeah, made to last. So, growing up, uh, uh, Johnny Dickshot did not play organized baseball, but he did develop an affinity for the game. Uh, about 25 miles south uh, where he was growing up, the Cubs played at Wrigley Field, and he fell in love with the game. Also, he's working from a young age, so he probably, you know, maybe had some money to, to go to the game, unlike mm-hmm. other kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he fell in love with, with outfielder Paul Wanner, Wainer, uh, of, of the Pittsburgh Pirates, okay. uh, which is interesting because he's probably 15, 16 by the time Paul breaks into the league. Um and he had no idea that one day he would be drunk Paul Wainer's teammate. Drunk Paul Wainer. Oh, yeah. Paul got wasted. But he's, he wasn't that drunk at this time? Not yet. He was a, he was a rookie kind of around 1926, 1927. So he was a rookie drinker as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but as we he met, wasn't a veteran. He by the time a we meet him again, let's okay. just say he's a veteran both in the outfield and... At it, the bar. At the bar. <laughs> okay. Um... So, yeah, Dick Shot attended high school at the local Waukegan High School, uh, but didn't participate in sports. I think this had a lot to do with the fact that he had a serious, serious head injury as a child, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, his parents did not want him competing and possibly getting a ball to the head and dying. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, as a teenager, and possibly at the steel mill after after work one day or whatever, uh, he was throwing a hammer up and down in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah, can't play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 15. Might as well throw this hammer up and down. <laughs> exactly. So, he's catching this hammer. Uh, eventually, the hammer comes down and, and smashes him right on the fucking forehead mm-hmm. where he's mm-hmm. got this steel plate. So... Fuck. He's Good fine. Good thing it's not glass. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. He's got no LFX. And he's like, ah. Well, I'm like 16, 17 now. Like, why the fuck can't I play baseball or football or you know any other sport i, mm. I just hit myself with a fucking <laughs> yeah. head with a hammer <laughs> i survived this hammer head to the top of the head so exactly and he works in the steel mill yeah exactly yeah. So yeah. He's, he's just like well I, if i get a hit with a line drive i'm fine there's mm. no problem so as a senior he he starts playing sports and he's fucking jacked because he worked at a steel mill yeah, yeah. um so he's six foot 195 just a fucking beast of a guy. Uh, so he starts his outfield career uh, for the baseball team at his high school. He also played basketball. He swam, and he played football. And, in fact, he was an all-state halfback for the football team that year. So okay. not just He's did quite he, the all-around athlete. Yeah, and this is after not playing sports because of a metal plate in mm-hmm. his head for years. He's a natural. Yeah, exactly. So he graduates in 1928, uh, and... What else was he going to do? He goes to work at the steel mill. 
Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, but but he plays baseball. He loves baseball, so he plays for for some local semi-pro teams, including St. Anthony's Church and the Knights of Labor. So, it's a sweet name. <laughs> yeah, the Knights of Labor. I'm assuming that's a union. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Knights of Labor. <laughs> Don't fuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> um. So at. By 1929, uh, at 19 years old, Dick Schott was starting to get attention from pro teams. And in 1930, Dick Schott would start his professional baseball career. Uh, So in 1930, he went to Iowa and he joined the Dubuque Tigers of Mississippi Valley League. And he impressed. He batted 309 in just er, 19 games uh, that he played with Dubuque as an outfielder, mainly as a left fielder uh, at this point. He's not as good an outfielder as he is with the bat. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of a precursor there. Uh, It was enough to catch the eye of the Milwaukee Brewers of the American Association, though, an affiliate of the St. Louis Browns. So okay. he gets some attention, even though he only played 19 games. He hit well enough that he gets some attention. Uh, so he's invited to join the Brewers in 1931, but but he can't because his father falls ill, and he has to go back home and, and work in the steel mill. Okay. So Steel mill always comes calling. No, well, I, exactly. He plays one game for the Brewers that year. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um but Dickshot would return to action in 1932. He was farmed out uh, by the Brewers to another St. Louis Browns affiliate, the Fort Smith Twins of Fort Smith, Arkansas, in the Western Association. Dickshot played in 71 games with the club, hitting 262 with 22 extra base hits and five round trippers. He walked 35 times, almost as much as he struck out, 37 times. And he came in second on the team with a 780 OPS, which is uh, pretty good at the time. That's not right? too bad. Yeah. Not bad at the time. Remember, it's a, yeah, it's you know, Babe Ruth 30s. is... 30s. Yeah. Well, yeah, early 30s, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the team was absolute garbage, though. They finished 48 and 80, and they struggled to pay their players as the Depression set in across America. Mm-hmm. So things got so bad that players mutinied at one point. Oh, and, shit. And the blame got put on good old Johnny Dickshot. For, like, for uh, organizing the mutiny? I guess. Okay. So here's what he said in his own words here. So things became terrible and the owners couldn't pay. I was sure of my money through Milwaukee, but we were eating hot dogs and sleeping in buses. So when the big issue developed, I made a little speech, and I guess they put the blame on me for calling a strike. Anyways, we were known as the orphans for the remainder of the season. We had no home grounds and no uniforms. We would play in other towns of the league using the traveling suits of our opponents (laughs) with the shirts turned wrong side out. Boy, those were the days. Those were the days, man. So basically... That sucks, though. So they're going into the other towns and having to wear the other team's uniforms inside out? But the the owners couldn't pay them anymore. Mm -hmm. So the players essentially were like, well, fuck that. Yeah. Like, Sounds like you got pretty good reason to say fuck that. Yeah. So they just became their own team. They weren't oh, guaranteed okay. any money, but they just would go to a town and be like, hey, yeah, we were supposed to play you <laughs> yeah. as this team, but we told the owners to fuck off. But so we're still can here. We, can we so. borrow your away jerseys <laughs> and mm. wear those? 
Well, we play you at home inside out. <laughs> okay. That's how bad she got, okay? Yeah. And they're eating hot dogs in the bus. Don't worry, we won't disgrace your uniforms. We'll turn them inside out. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to be ashamed. So, he gets sent, uh, you know, he's a, he's known as a rabble rouser a little bit, but he gets sent, so, uh, he gets sent back to Illinois, uh, to the Class D Mississippi Valley League. Uh, he played with the Rock Island Islanders, which is just... That's a great name. It's a terrible name. No, it's what? a great name. It's a fucking terrible name. <laughs> the no. Rock Island Islanders? Yes. That just sounds like base, minor league baseball, man. I get it, but no. <laughs> the Rock Island Rockers? That's better. Nah, I oh, disagree. I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, um, so... So he, he, he played with them the rest of the season. Basically, like, you led the mutiny, so you're going to go play with the Islanders. Um, so in 66 games there, though, he, he batted uh, 279. So he did all right. Okay. Uh, so Dickshot would end up returning to the Islanders and having a breakout year. But first, he headed south, and he was sent to Texas. It's so sent all over the place. Yeah. So he once again, he's in the, the Brown system. In 1933... Uh, he briefly uh, played for the San Antonio Missions, uh, but he was batting three fucking ninety seven in late April. You know, small sample size, but mm. still. Uh, but the missions released him. They released him. Yeah, they released him. He, he they they wanted to make room for for Larry Bedencourt, who is uh, who hit seven hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. did have a brief major league career. Uh, you know, kind of the same as uh, Johnny Boy here, but. Uh, at the same point, yeah, he was also a football star, so there was some. Mm. There was some. He got picked out to make room, and it's not the first time in his career. You'll see. Okay. Um, so he signed with the Fort Worth Cats of the Texas League, so he doesn't go too far. Uh, but the Cats traded Dick Shot to the Waco Bruins of the Class C Dixie League in late May, and at this point, Dick Shot is just like, "Fuck that." He's tired of moving around. Yeah. No. So he goes home. He goes back to Waukegan, okay. uh, and he plays some semi-pro ball for the rest of the year. Um, but in 1934, uh, he would break out. He would have one of his best seasons uh, in 117 games back with the Rock Island Islanders and the Cedar Rapid Raiders, who he'd later play for that season. Dick Shaw would hit 343, slugging 16 Round trippers. That's amazing. How did he end up back there, though? Just he just decided I'm going back now. Well, the Browns still owned him. Yeah. So they. Yeah, just I guess it's reserved said, rule time. Well, Texas didn't work out, so mm. I guess go back to the Mississippi Valley League, and and that'll hopefully work right, out. And, right. And it did. Uh, and he credits his success in, in, in fact, his power stroke. Because remember, 117 games, 16 round trippers. That's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. So he's. Doing all right. And he says, uh, when I was down in the Mississippi Valley League, uh, the St. Louis Browns came to town one spring. They needed another hand to make a game. So I sat it. I sat in and out, walks, uh, out I walked a little later with 60 bucks. It's that big league power, I say to myself. That's where I belong. So he wins a fucking <laughs> poker game. Yeah. And it sounds like he gets addicted to poker. But he also okay. kind of takes it as a baseball lesson that it's like well, you got to play your at bat like you're you're like you're playing a, a poker hand. Yeah, and sometimes when you're all in, you got to go all in and go for the home run. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? You I two can sort of see the metaphor. Yeah, yeah. You got a full house. It's the same as a three zero count or a three one count. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what he's. That's what he kind of talks about. At least that's what I think. I could be completely wrong. But anyways, he uses this. He he thinks he can beat big leaguers at cards, so he can fucking play in the big leagues. He's got that attitude. So in 1935, Johnny finally got his chance to show a little big league power on a larger stage because uh, a scout from the Pittsburgh Pirates had spotted Dick Shot uh, when he was in Cedar Rapids and the Pirates bought his contract from the St. Louis Browns. So he was assigned to the Little Rock Travelers of the Southern Association. The Travelers were one of the top tier major leagues at the time. They were in one of the top tier major leagues at the time. Okay. So Dick Shot's all stoked because he can win at cards and it's hitting home runs. Uh, <laughs> so he fitted just fine. He hit 309 in 511 plate appearances. Uh, he, he, he's been a uh, consistent hitter everywhere he's gone. Exactly. That's good. He's been good. Exactly. So in 138 games, he hit 158 hits, uh, including. 28 doubles, 9 triples, and 7 home runs. So not huge power numbers, but but decent. Yeah. Uh, he earned the early nickname Buckshot Dickshot, which is just <laughs> okay. fucking sick. Uh, it's not that original, but... <laughs> so, well, it's not that original, but remember, it might be because he sprayed the ball all over the yard, but it also might be because... Because his last name's Dickshot? And his face looks like he might have got shot with Buckshot. Okay. Because he got uh, a bottle to his... the head. Right, right. Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Let's see what his face looks like. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as you think it looks. No, it's not. It's, it's not. really not, but we'll get to that. Um, it doesn't so, look like he got a bottle in the face at all. Well, he's, Frank. Yeah, he's got or a hammer. Yeah, or a hammer to the head. Or the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> For a man who's taken several blows to the head, he looks pretty good. Those are the ones we know about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, well, you guys are, are talking about how not bad he looked. Uh, here's what the Rock Island Argus noted in the fall of 1935. Dickshot was recently picked on the all-ugly team of the Southern League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just going to comment and be like, wait a minute, wasn't his nickname ugly? He's not even that. Anyway, carry on. So okay, the quote continues, A fan walked up to Dickshot in, at Little Rock and asked to shake his hands with him. Uh, then he wanted to lead the outfielder over to the stand, explaining, I want my wife to see you so she'll appreciate me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to say he reached out to shake his hand and hit him with the down low too slow. <laughs> so he's, he's known as a, uh, as a really ugly guy. And first of all, ugly team of the Southern League? I see. I've I've heard about these all ugly teams though. It's <laughs> written. That? It, what's that? <laughs> Who votes on the yeah. Well, it's just apparently it was just something that bullpen guys would do. They would sit around and shoot the shit in the bullpen and talk a lot of shit and try and decide who was on the all ugly team for their league. Apparently, Yogi Berra was consistently on the, on the all ugly team in the American yeah, League. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, I Jim Bowden talks about that mm-hmm. in, in Ball Four, right? So, yeah. Uh, so either way, 
all leagues at this time had ugly teams, and Dick Shot was consistently on the all ugly team. Okay. So, but Johnny was also earning accolades, good and bad, across the sport, uh, and he had a real shot at making the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1936. Uh, the only issue was the Pirates had a really good outfield. So Johnny's pal- Johnny's childhood idol, Paul Wayner, and his brother Lloyd Wayner. Uh, as well as Woody Jensen, all solidified the outfield. And, and the brothers were both Hall of Famers, so good mm-hmm. luck taking their spot. Okay. But luckily for Dickshot, Lloyd Wayner came down with a n- pneumonia, and there was a little bit of room on the roster. He's still not a starter, but he basically impresses in spring training, and he starts on the bench for the Pirates. So okay. unfortunately... He would not impress on the actual Pirates. He only got 10 plate appearances before Wayner recovered, and Dick Shot was sent to Buffalo of the International League and continued to destroy minor league pitching, hitting 17 homers and putting up a 921 OPS that year with the Bisons. You're just killing it. Yeah, but he... You know, he only had 10 bats, so it's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But it's he, not a huge sample size, but huge, so far a, it's not transferring to the major leagues is kind of yeah. what and you're saying. Also, I should mention, he also led the International League with stolen bases at 35. Oh. So he's got so this he's a speedy guy too. power speed dynamic that's really cool at the time. And, uh, of course, yeah, I know you guys are aching to notice, he was voted ugliest player of the International League because... Uh, People didn't have feelings back in the 1930s. All right. All right. <laughs> he meets the high standards meets, for ugliness, obviously. So standards. he's like immediately comes into the new league and and jumps up, jumps. Yeah. Oh, he's had he's had five games. He can play on the ugly team now. Seventeen home runs and God damn. <laughs> God damn is his face disgusting. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Looks like someone hit him with a bottle. <laughs> so the Bisons won the league uh, at 94 and 60, uh, and they actually played in the Little World Series, which was the minor league mm-hmm. World Series at the time, uh, but they lost 4-1 to to his old club, the Milwaukee Brewers. After the series, Dick Shot was brought back to the big league club for September, so he's got a September call-up, and he doesn't get in a bet. He just sits on the bench. Oh, that yeah. sucks. So, the next year... He's aching to make the Pirates and be an actual player. Mm-hmm. And the Pirates press are, are taking note, right? He did good in AAA. He hit 927 or whatever the hell he did. Mm-hmm. And they start calling him the Ugly Duckling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, it just never ends. They're just, like, relentless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he gets married in the offseason uh, to his wife, Julie, uh, who he'd be with for the rest of his life. But at this point... The, Can this, you believe Ugly Dickshaw got <laughs> married this summer? The newspaper wrote... Yeah, literally no. the newspaper wrote that. So <laughs> Ugly Dickshaw, who he was now known as, was living the dream. He had a wife, he had a burgeoning major league career... And what could go wrong? Well, you think it's something to do with his nickname? That could possibly be wrong? No. Jesus. There's more? No. Well, I mean, he just kind of didn't uh, uh, do too well. Okay. He didn't. He didn't. So Dick Shot made uh, the opening day roster in 1937. And 
Also, much better nickname. John Big Shot Dick Shot. Okay. Actual nickname. Also not that original. Okay. He got an extended look by the pirates this time round. And let me tell you guys, he fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's like a lot of hype around this prospect, right? Mm -hmm. He's dominating the minor leagues. He's dominated the minor leagues since, you know, 1933, 1932. And he's coming up. He's in his mid-20s. And Dick Shot puts up a 83 OPS plus, which for, yeah, you listeners out there, that's about 17% lower than the average he hit just three home runs. Think like big shot, dick shot. Three home runs. I know at least two of them came in April. Uh-huh. So you're on a team for a whole year, and two of your three home runs mm, come yeah. in April. Uh, not great. Uh, so just like many sluggers, once he got a hard look at major league pitching, he began to slump pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the field, he was really worse. <laughs> he was benched after he dropped a fly ball that cost the Pirates a game on May 23rd. And if it, it was a hammer, I would have caught it. <laughs> With my face! Yeah. <laughs> so, in another alleged incident, Dick Shot was chasing a fly ball when his cap blew off. He chose to chase his cap instead <laughs> of the ball. <laughs> so two can't runners. leave his head exposed. Oh, it's like this was played. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh no! Yeah. So I need to cover my face. Later that <laughs> later that year to just completely bury him, uh, he collides with with Arky Vaughn, uh, who was who was playing shortstop at the time, but Arky was also a uh, outfielder, uh, and Arky Vaughn uh, tears his cartilage in his knee. So he just. Oh. He's a bad outfielder, and then he runs into one of their He's best players. He's just hurting all the good players. Yeah, so needless Get to this say, ugly guy out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but needless to say, his first year in the big leagues was an absolute disaster. Um, he was voted ugliest player in the major leagues. By who? Who, who voted the on press. that? Was that like a fan vote? It's like, yeah, we'll see. You'll see. I'll show you a couple things. <laughs> and uh, the announcement for ugliest player voted on by the Baseball Writers of America Association is, that's right, ugly dick shot. <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so he shows up. He wants to. He wants to be on the team, obviously, for 1938. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he shows up for spring training the way most people did for spring training back in the day. He's about 20 pounds overweight. Okay. So he's had a really bad rookie year, and, and he shows up. And now 20 he's pounds. tubby. <laughs> yeah, might be good for his ugliness though. Now <laughs> yeah. he's like a little portly on yeah. top of his ugly oh, face. Yeah, I was just trying to fatten out my face, guys. <laughs> so. He attributed his weight gain to having his tonsils removed during the off-season and being able to enjoy food again. (laughs) To enjoy again? I don't remember not enjoying food before I got my tonsils out. Well, maybe his tonsils were so swollen and terrible for so long, he just couldn't eat food, and then it was like, oh my god! I thought you were just going to say, like, he ate a shit ton of ice cream. Afterwards, after getting his tonsils out, I'm sure that, he ate that, a shit ton happen. of everything after he got mm-hmm. his tonsils out. Okay, but regardless, he's fat and and uh, you know he works out, he gets back into shape. But uh, uh, 
Johnny Rizzo takes his his starting job with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. So in 1938, it's another really shitty year for for Johnny Dickshot, and his major league career basically stalls. Uh, he became more known for his quotes and antics uh, than playing on the field. He played just 29 games and batted 2.29. And Pirates manager Pie Trainer had decided that Johnny lacked hustle and refused to work him into the lineup. Okay. So. So he's got an uphill battle. Mr. Pie is just. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. Ah, no. The Pie Trainer. Yeah, Pie Trainer's not not having any of this. Um, so there was lots of people, I, I think I get to this later on, this is one of those things where I'm like, fuck, did I write about that or did I just read it and not put it in here? Uh, but there were lots of teams excited about him still. He still had that prospect mm-hmm. status of a guy that could break out and hit 20, 25 home runs in a time that right. that was a lot of home runs. Yeah. Right? And he's still not that old. No, he's yeah. he's twenty. 27? Yeah. 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 So he was known for his ugly face <laughs> and quotes, including, <laughs> the only thing I don't like about the big leagues is there's no room for advancement. <laughs> okay. And also, later to the New York press, boys, I'm like a mountain, big, rugged, and in my own way, beautiful. <laughs> so, kind of weird, yeah. but the press aimed it up at the time. Really trying to... Yeah. Really trying to sell that beauty back. Stop calling me ugly, guys. Yeah. What he was trying to say, I think. But not only was his playing career in with the Pittsburgh Pirates in jeopardy, uh, his ugliness was also in jeopardy. So, from a April 15th, 1938 gossip column in the Daily Illini, which I believe is short for Illinois, mm-hmm. uh... They were ranking best dressed, happiest player, uh, a bunch of different things. Weirdest lists. Here's here's a quote I found from this newspaper. Ugly duckling Johnny Dickshot of the Pirates came up to win the the homeliest, which means unattractive, Mm -hmm. didn't know that, uh, man title last year, but he'll have to go without shaving to beat out young Jim Bagby, pitching rookie for the, or with the Red Sox. Bagby already has claimed the title. They're like, this guy's fucking ugly. Like, if you thought Dickshot was ugly... (laughs) Wait till you see Bagby, but he's only ugly because he grew a beard. If he shaved that beard, Dickshot would still be pretty fucking ugly. He'd be the champ ugly dude Dick in this Shot, league. If he had a beard, maybe we don't know. So all of a sudden, <laughs> he he's kind of losing his crown in a bunch of things, and, and he's you know running out of time and being a prospect. So even though his time with the Pirates was not going well, uh, teams were still seeing him as a potential star during spring training. Rabbit Marinville, which is a name of a person. <laughs> it's a human's uh, <laughs> name, not a rabbit's name. Yes, yes. When I said, <laughs> uh, I had to look it up. I was like, is that a team? Is that a place? Is it a mystical being? <laughs> anyway, so they tried to coach Johnny into joining the Montreal Royals back at this time. And during the season, the New York Giants had tried to acquire him from the Pirates several times. Uh, but the Pirates did not want to trade him, even though he's literally riding the pine this whole time. Mm. Uh, and they kept Dickshot on their bench rather than trade him to a division rival. So Okay, that's weird. Sucks to be Johnny, but you're sitting on the bench because yeah. Mr. Pie Trainer doesn't like you, and they won't trade you, even though they're not using you. So uh, the Pirates would trade Dickshot, though, in that off-season, 
On December 16, 1938, uh, he was traded by the Pittsburgh Pirates with Al Todd and Cash to the Boston Bees for Ray Mueller. The Boston Bees. Yes, the briefly known Boston Bees, who were okay. later the Braves. Now the Atlanta Braves. Anyway, so the Bees then immediately traded Dickshot to the New York Giants, the team trying to acquire him the whole time during the season. Okay, so they just flipped him. Yeah. He didn't even pitch a game for the Bees? No, didn't. Okay. Didn't even, you know, put it on. Anyways, uh, or play, the a Giants, game, play a game for the Bees, I guess now, I should say. And the Giants don't want him for their Major League squad. They want him for their AAA squad, the Jersey City Giants. Okay. So, once again, the International League, the same league as Buffalo. Uh, and once again, Dickshot fucking destroys AAA pitching. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, so he bats, he's got 50 extra base hits in 151 games. He's got an 858 OPS. Uh, he won the International League batting title with a 355 batting average. He finished third in MVP voting, and he earned a September call-up from the New York Giants. Uh, not only that, but he was named to yet another International League's All-Ugly team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Does he have plaques? Does he have plaques in his place to prove this? So he gets another September call-up and doesn't get to play. Uh, but did, Dick Shot did not repeat his success in 1940. Though he put up some good power numbers, uh, he was eventually sold to the Hollywood Stars. Remember, we mm, talked about I Hollywood Stars remember. a few times before. Uh, so on December 5th, my birthday, 1940, uh, at the age of 30, it looked like Mr. Dick Shot's time in the majors had come to an end. So he's sold off to the Pacific Coast League. And the Pacific Coast League's still a good league. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very just, good league at that time. Yeah, it's probably maybe even a step above AAA, uh, but it's definitely at least AAA, mm. and, and it's the only thing that West Coast has for baseball. So, uh, good old ugly dick shot performed well in Tinseltown. He's playing for the Hollywood <laughs> Stars. Uh, he's, he's, he played a fucking 175 games... Uh, hitting 298. Holy shit, how? Uh, I guess they play a lot more games in California. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he had more walks than Ks. So at this point in his career, he looks like he's like, he has an eye for the zone. Yeah, he but could, he's not, he doesn't hit well. He's losing his power, but he walks more than he strikes out consistently mm -hmm. in his 30s. Uh, and yeah, he is in his 30s. So in 1942, he repeats his success to the tune of a 303 batting average, once again walking more than he strikes out. And in 1943, at the ripe old age of 33, Dick Shot would explode. In 158 games, he would collect 205 hits. Yes, I said Dick yeah, Shot. I see, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so in 158 games, 205 hits, uh, a 920 OPS. Uh, Dick Shot was still a liability in the outfield, but Dickshot knew the talent pool in the major league was being depleted by the war effort, and good old metal plate in the head Dickshot was exempt from service. Yeah. So. Right. He might not earn himself a place here. Is that yeah, what you're saying? I'm saying he does earn himself a place. Because okay. the Chicago White Sox, they were in a bind. Mm -hmm. Um Basically, their whole outfield was fucking off to, to World War II to serve the country. Right. Uh, you know, fucking off. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so, I'll, I'll read. I'll just read my script. So, anyways, the White Sox are in a bind. <laughs> Thurman Tucker uh, set to join the United States Navy and fellow outfielder Wally Moises and Guy Cutright, or Kurt Wright, 
uh, were eligible to be drafted. So they didn't want to take a chance. I mean, they're going to be drafted most likely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the White Sox needed some depth uh, to fill out their outfield in 1944. Uh, And in this case, Ugly Dick Shot gets his second chance at the major leagues. All right, round two. Yeah, so the White Sox purchased his contract from the Stars with the clause that he would be returned in May 1944 if he did not make the big league club. But Dickshot would make the big league club and take his ugly mug to the south side for two whole seasons. Okay. So he put nice. up his... Yeah, he puts pedestrian numbers up. He's kind of a bench guy, uh, fourth outfielder for the White Sox in 44. Uh, he hits 253 with a 95 OPS, so about average That's not bad, though, Like considering yeah. he was like only 200 in the PCL. And, and he's... No, he didn't. He hit 200 hits in the PCL. No, no, he didn't. Didn't oh. you say at one point he? Yeah, he hit 200. He like broke out huge, but like yeah. at the one point he was only hitting like 200. No, yeah. Anyways, regardless, right. he's a good hitter, uh, but he's not that great in in 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 45, at the age of 35, Dick Shot hit 313 and walked 79 times compared to just 31 Ks. So he puts up a 127 OPS plus uh, for the sixth place White Sox in 1945. Now remember, this is also when Major Leagues is depleted with uh, talent because a yeah. lot of people are... A lot of the best players are... Are gone. Are gone overseas, yeah. Yeah, so the next year, despite his monster season, the White Sox just cut him loose. Fuck. And all the guys that come in... All the guys returning from the war, none of them put up a 127 OPS plus. Hmm. But remember, he's 36 at this time going into this season, so right. obviously they're probably like, eh, a little yeah. little time sensitive here with yeah. the guy's age. So despite his monster season, he was 36 and the White Sox were welcoming back regulars from the war. The writing was on the wall and he was sent back to Hollywood. And he would never wear an MLB uniform again. Okay. So after 20 games with the Stars, he got traded to the Milwaukee Brewers and finished his career where he had started. Dickshot continued to hit well for the Brewers over 1946 and 1947, but he was getting old and slow, and as we discussed, his glove was pretty much made of lead. He mentored a young rookie named Dave Philly and basically had the kid play two outfield positions. The oh, Chicago <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> I have to pick up the ground for Dole Dickshot there. Yeah, the Chicago Tribune wrote in 1946, Dickshot called rubber glove Johnny because of his inexplicable ways balls <laughs> pop out of his glove of his frenzied fingers, had standing orders to guard the left field foul line and yell, Take it, Dave! <laughs> on every fly ball in which the sprinting Philly might... You got it? You got it? <laughs> I didn't even finish that quote. You get it, right? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's just, you're slow. Just just stand there and, and, and don't run into people. And by the way, did anyone see how ugly he is? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after the 1947 season... Uh, Johnny played, or during the 1947 season, which would be his last, Johnny played just 37 games with the Brewers. Uh, and after that, Dick Shot hung up his cleats. He continued to work at the steel mills in the offseason throughout his career, but now Dick Shot did something that every TV writer decades later would think to be their original idea. 
Any guesses? Say that sentence again. Yeah, it's a pretty fucked up sentence. I, I didn't write it well. Um, so he had continued to work at the steel mills in the off season throughout his career, but now Dickshot did something every TV writer decades later would think to be their original idea. This was something he did in the steel mill? No! Oh, okay. I know, that's why it's confusing. Yeah. No, he, he's a retired baseball player that opens up a bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. there you go. Right. Now, umpire, baseball player. We, we've we've all, seen we've, Cheers. We've all seen Cheers. So, uh, <laughs> soon after his retirement, Dickshot opened up uh, a tavern called The Dugout in Waukegan. Uh, in his obituary, his... <laughs> and his it's actually called the Ugout. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So amazingly, this is the best part of his obituary. Uh, is his granddaughter said he would often call his wife at home from the bar, demanding she look in his encyclopedia to settle a baseball dispute, or, or, or to settle a dispute <laughs> over baseball trivia. Because he couldn't Google it. Just, like you had us at the start of the Listen, <laughs> Larry says the Yogi Berra's rookie year was nineteen forty forty seven. It's forty six, Larry. <laughs> Julie! <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. That's amazing. <laughs> so. Never thought also, of like disputes being settled that way back in the day, but that's definitely. But like, you know, br bring your encyclopedias to the bar. <laughs> Sorry, just put them in the bar. <laughs> Don't call your yeah. wife at midnight and wake her up. <laughs> Make uh, her look God shit up. Damn it, it's that ugly those bastard again. You wanted to keep those at home. <laughs> right. That's right. You didn't want to spill all Forget the beer. Forget about that. She'll, she'll let me know. <laughs> she'll let me know. <laughs> when was Earl Weaver's birthday? <laughs> it's important. I don't care it's not in it the world book. It's not in the, leave me leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he just he quits the steel mill and he quits playing baseball and he just opens a fucking bar called the Dugout, which should have been called the Ugout. Okay. <laughs> um, so in 1947 or 1947 in 1977 he he sold the bar. And he retired, but was, apparently he still slung some beers at the local Lithuanian Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, in June 1994, he, he threw out the ceremonial pitch uh, for the White Sox at the new Comiskey Park. And in nice. the end, Johnny Dickshot, ugly Johnny Big Shot Dickshot, died at his home on November 4th, 1997, at the ripe old age of 87. And he was survived by his wife, five children, 14 grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren, which I'm assuming has grown by this point. It's a lot of dick shots. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Um, so, <laughs> that's the... What? It's true. Oh, that is a lot of dick shots. True. So that's a story of a of a quad A player uh, that we talk about because a kid hit him in the face with a bottle and some asshole changed his family name to Dick Shots. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no, it, it is meaningless for baseball history what we just talked about today. There is yeah, there's no real significant impact whatsoever. Just, that guy did not change anything. His name was yeah. Ugly Dick Shot. Yeah, he had three and a half years in the major leagues. 
mm-hmm. and a bunch of really awesome years in the International League and other AAA leagues. But my God, is it entertaining to hear his story. <laughs> oh, God. That was ugly dick shot. That, I was, honestly, as soon as, oh. I, I, I didn't think there was going to be much there to bite off, but the fact that they do the ugliest man in baseball award. Is that an actual thing? Was that an award? Because I just figured it was just like, from him reading about it in Ball 4, I just figured it was like a tongue-in-cheek kind of well, thing that I honestly, they just kind of, you know, every bullpen probably had a different all-ugly team, you know? No, but this seemed like it was voted on in the 30s and maybe even the 40s. We'll but then they talk about that rookie place. guy, so, like, did a scout just be, like, real ugly? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got quite the pitcher coming left-handed, and god damn, I not a looker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's the story of uh, Ugly Ditchshot. All right, well, thank you for telling us that sh- story, Sean. You that was, fucking uh, complied with my Google search. I thought there was going to be some pushback on that. Why would I com- push back on that? You're just, you just, I got to do it for the content, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for doing it for the content. Yeah. Evan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Evan. Yeah, you don't have any social media or anything? No. No, you can follow us, though, on yeah. Twitter uh, at Sean Do Baseball, Ed's Do Baseball, or Doing Baseball, uh, or at Doing Dot Baseball. We got some big plans coming up, some exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully, baseball happens this hopefully year. Hopefully, baseball has some plans coming up because yeah, I'm Christ. getting tired of this shit. Yeah, it's March 6th or something like that right now. Anyways, uh, I'm surprised I was able to read. Uh, this story and uh, I hope you enjoyed it I enjoyed it very much thank you Sean no problem okay bye oh yeah I'm Sean (laughs) (laughs) and I'm Ed and we were doing the baseball okay now bye now bye (laughs) now bye